0: Capcom Presents. presents. Took you long enough to get here. The Misadventures of Prime
1: episode 29 of the Capcom Unity official podcast. 29. We're almost 30 here. You're 30, though. I'm almost more than that. Wow. Mm. Okay. Uh, time for another sallow introduction. Uh, I am Greg Aman, and I'm joined once again by... Brett. Yuri. I love you guys. I love us. <laughs> I love this. But... Uh, good to be here, despite how it sounds. Uh, let's get into the news. DMC-style tournament final round is underway. We have our final submissions. That was the four finalists from each of the previous rounds are facing off in a, in a final freestyle match where they get to pick the difficulty level and the mission and all that jazz. Uh, and they had to submit both a Dante clip and a Virgil clip. Uh, so we have all those. Uh, the vote may be up by the time this podcast goes up Uh, unless blah, 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 blah. They're looking really good. Hope to have those results pretty soon. And then uh, one lucky winner, not lucky winner, a skilled winner, is going away with uh, the limited edition pizza box uh, of Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition when it comes out, signed by key members of the staff. So tasty. Really nice product. I'm actually super jealous. Um, Meanwhile, Mega Mega May... uh, month of Mega Man merchandise. Not merchandise. I just wanted to alliterate. Uh, <laughs> Mega Man is, is in progress. Uh, we've got a few games out already. This is a, a Nintendo month-long celebration of the Mega Man brand by releasing various uh, classic Mega Man titles. We've got Mega Man Base, uh, Ga- Game Boy Advance version, right? Yes. And yeah. uh, then Battle Network 3, both versions. Uh, Mega Man Zero 2. Yeah. Which would have just come out when this podcast goes up. Right. It would have come
2: out yesterday, if you're listening to this on depending Friday. Depending on,
1: yes. Yeah. Um, and depending on your time zone. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, yet to come, uh, is Mega Man Battle Network 4, both versions of that. Yes. Unless you listen to this... Like, after the fact. A yeah. week after we were case it would have already then. come out right. last week. If you're listening to this before the Game Boy Advance release of uh-huh. Battle, Battle Network 4... Then
0: that's impossible. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: The infrastructure didn't even exist yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, – Probably
1: wondering what a podcast is. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, it looks, can you believe this? Apple Computers is going to make a phone. <laughs> um, wow. But, yeah, Yuri, I think you're going to – you probably – we will. We probably will have streamed some zero two. 2 yeah, this time on the
0: virtual console. I've uh, been practicing or I was practicing. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about the past. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those games where, like we said last uh, on the last podcast, uh, it's it's got this weird difficulty uh, balance. It's got the weird balance between difficulty and, like, highly rewarding. Um, so, yeah, Zero Two, special mm-hmm. place.
2: Zero Two I've never actually played, so I'm interested
0: to play. Well, I played the Check the ROM
2: a while back. Right, no, right. <laughs> no, no appreciable amount. I think you played way more than I did. Well, uh, I know you did.
0: Yeah, I almost um, beat it back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, it's just, it's been so long that I had to practice it uh, all over again. Get and caught up? Right? Is that
1: where they yeah. introduced the chain rod? That is the only game with the chain oh, rod. Oh, man. Yeah. What a rod. <laughs> list- <laughs> <Does> <laughs> I recall that recall w- that made your list of favorite rods in Capcom games? Mm. Yeah, when we did the, the <laughs> grappling hook uh, feature. This is a separate list. Yeah. This is a... Uh, just rods.
0: Yes. Just rods? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, we did but a yes, the feature Grap- featurette <laughs> uh,
1: that did make the cut. Uh, uh, I do mean cut, <laughs> <laughs> just like this bit. Man, pretty uh, soon
2: the only you'll only post the intro song to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is cut. Uh, uh, sort of tied to Mega May, but not directly in line, since that's more Nintendo uh, America's like recurring promotion. We did it last May, we did it in August, and then we did it again uh, this May uh, on PSN as title of this podcast will clue you into, Uh, Tron Bond came out finally on PSN um, here in North America, Mm -hmm. came out in Japan near the end of last year, and also, uh, you might have seen the news this week that Mega Man 8 is also coming to PSN, Uh, so it's another one that we had been working on trying to bring to the US as well, Uh, we finally, much like Tron, got everything online, um, worked things out with our Sony Sony counterparts, and should be coming out uh, this Tuesday, so if you like Mega Man 8... Uh, after years of it not being on PSN, uh, finally, finally, it. finally, will be there. <laughs> um, yes. You can finally see all the great lines <laughs> of dialogue of Hawkeye. Waiwi yeah. <laughs> that, all that jazz. I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's another one of those um, long time coming kind of things. But that and Tron coming out in May is, uh, you know, you got this part of the bigger was Mega Man, yes. uh,
1: even more per- Mega than we bargained for. Yes. Meanwhile, uh, I probably should have mentioned this when I was talking about Devil May Cry already, but uh, Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition finally has a release date and price. Uh, I know a lot of people were waiting on those. Uh, You can pick this game up June 23rd. It's coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and it's only going to run you $25 uh, or a comparable amount in pounds and euros. What about rubles? Rubles, I don't have a figure, but... uh, all right. Zeni. Oh man, I should say twenty five. I should have
0: researched the Brazilian price. Since should I leave now that I failed
1: my country? Uh, that's for you like, and your country to decide. Yeah, it's like I can't right. speak to that. <laughs> I just know about Devil May Cry stuff. But yeah, so uh, I think it's a super good deal considering the amount of content you're getting, the quality of the content. Uh, I mean, this thing's got legs. People still playing Vanilla DMC four. Uh, and, like, recording combo videos and stuff. So this thing uh, is well worth the the entry fee, if you will. Uh, and you don't have to wait that long. It's coming a little over a month away, from, depending on when you listen to this podcast. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you pre-order the game, um, you can get the bonus costumes for Trish and Lady, which is pretty cool. We've got the Gloria disguise for Trish. Uh, and then the Devil May Cry 3... Uh, Outfit for a lady, which I actually prefer. So, uh, pretty nice bonuses there. Also, the PS4 version, you get a custom theme modeled after the game. That's neat. So, that's not go. There's not many of those Pre-order. PS4 themes are there? yet, are there? Not so many, no. So, it's a nice little bonus and uh, go support this game. It's a great game and a great genre that uh, I want to see live on. Meanwhile, there's there's still a sale, a Nintendo eShop sale in progress. This is is taking place on both the Wii U and 3DS. You can grab DuckTales, Dungeons & Dragons, and Resident Evil Revelations 1 on the Wii U, uh, as well as some uh, older but gooder... Equally good. Equally good. (laughs) (laughs) 3DS titles. Uh, We've got Street Fighter 4 3D, um, Revelations 1, and Resident Evil The Mercenaries 3D. Lovely games. Uh, Pick those up for cheap. That runs through May 28th. Yes. Mm. Uh, We're also still streaming Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition. So uh, we've already run through Virgil, Trish, Lady, and Dante now. uh, But there's still Nero next week. And we're also doing a little gameplay overview uh, vignettes on our YouTube channel for those who are new to the characters. Well, some some of you guys are going to be... All of you guys are going to be new to some of these characters. But... uh, Case but you're not some of you will be new you to all of them. Correct. And all of
2: you will be new to some of them.
1: Yes, it's the same thing. So check those out on the Devil May Cry YouTube channel uh, and watch our streams on our our one remaining stream on Twitch TV. And lastly, unless I'm missing anything, time to plug our Capcom recap. Still going on. If you guys have a great gameplay clip playing a Capcom game, old or new. You can submit it to us via a video link at recap at Capcom or on Twitter with hashtag Capcom Recap. Uh, Greg, actually, you were in fact missing one thing. Oh no!
0: So this week we had a pretty big event. I think one of the greatest moments of our lives. Mm-hmm. But uh, for him, it was Tuesday. Oh man! Bison is back. He's back. Who would have guessed? Five. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to.
2: You know, too much inside baseball and dispel the magic, but to him, it was Tuesday, the day we recorded this podcast. Wow. Whoa. Oh, my God.
0: Yes. Can we high five now? All, Raw Julia <laughs> predicted this exact occurrence. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, going back to what Brett was saying, uh, we did, in fact, finally get Misadventures of Tron Bon out the door and into people's hands. This is a big deal. Uh, One, because for a long time, as those who follow the Ask Capcom forum know, we didn't really think that this was likely to happen for a long time. Uh, We always wanted it to happen. I certainly wanted it to happen. I remember wanting to live stream the game. Pretty much my first week working at Capcom. Uh, and then it kept getting pushed because we were like, well, we want to stream a game that is so hard for people to get that it would just entice them and then make them feel bad. Mm. <laughs> um, so, and it was always just kind of this, this maybe, you know, maybe it'll be out one day and then we can stream it and then tell people, hey, you can just grab this game for six bucks. And that day has come. It's crazy because uh, in preparation for announcing that the game w- had been re-released, uh, I took a look at eBay prices uh, for physical copies of the PS1 game. And even incomplete copies with like the manuals missing and stuff were going for more than 200 bucks. This was yeah. b- one of the rarest PS1 games, I it, guess.
2: It blows my mind because like, this is one of those games that I remember staring at... Uh, I don't know if I've already told the story on this podcast, even because mm. I think we talked about, we touched on this a couple weeks ago, in mm. a previous episode, maybe, possibly. Uh, but that I worked in retail when this came out, and I worked there for five years all, all told. But I remember when this came out, and it was in the era where, like, I kind of just wasn't paying attention to what Mega Man was doing generally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last X game I played was two, mm-hmm. and then I kind of skipped three, and then four and five whenever they had my radar. Um, And this is before Mega Man Zero started, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what pulled me back in, Mm -hmm. because I did get Zero-One and got to the end of it, didn't finish it, but got to the last boss and then snapped the SP in half and ate it, and then (laughs) mailed the waste product after I was done to the sun, (laughs) and uh, rage quit. I basically rage quit. Um, But I remember this game coming in and stocking it on the shelves and being like, Really? They made a game about Tron bon?
0: Yeah. the girl from Mega Man <laughs> Legends? I,
2: what? <laughs> and the same two copies sat on the shelf for the <laughs> remainder of my time at yeah. – uh, it was Toys R Us. But I sat there and, like, just watched it sit there, then watched those two copies go into a bargain bin, and then lost track oh, of it man. after that. Like, they just – they it literally did not sell.
1: Like, uh, and yeah. we only got two
0: ever. Wow. And I
1: watched them never go anywhere. Uh, yeah, it was not a hit. I mean, I think it was a very low run to begin with, Yeah, and then I think it, it did not hit. It's it's Splitting hair is pretty thin, you know? You've got a, basically a spin-off of a spin-off, yeah. and that doesn't speak to the quality of the game. It's actually, you know, being at the tail end of PS1's lifespan, it's actually super polished and well-presented. It is. a It is cool game. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, on top of being rare, it's uh, like, there are rare games that are super coveted. These sort of holy grails, and then you play them, and they're just, ugh. No mm-hmm. wonder. But this is not. This yeah. is a f- super fun game. This has held my lo- my attention longer than any of the half dozen, you know, new games that I've also bought this month. Um,
2: yeah, my... I was I definitely want to didn't want to give the impression that the game wasn't good or deserved its fate somehow. It was more like... That's just how it shook out. That's how things shook out. And then also, yeah, it turns out that it's really good. But this is how things become valuable. It's not Mm -hmm. like things become value because of quality and scarcity. And when no one pays attention and something goes under the radar and then everyone realizes later, that's how something becomes valuable. And this is a perfect case where it was there. It was in everybody's face. It was in every retailer. And then that initial shipment probably didn't sell out. Mm-hmm. which were, which means retailers didn't reorder, which means new discs were never made. So right. that first shipment was probably it, and that's it, and those are the only copies <laughs> North America ever got, and yeah. thus we end up with $250. Right. <laughs> uh, I'll mention the game to you personally for $50. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, then hearing Greg talk about it, when it actually finally came out, it's playable on your PS3, it's playable on your PS Vita, and I've been playing it on Vita, and I'm definitely one of the like late converts, uh, having kind of never deliberately uh, consciously ignored the game, just never mm. popped up mm-hmm. outside of seeing it on that shelf. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been playing it in some confusion side of what I'm supposed to be <laughs> doing occasionally. Uh, it's really cute and its it's what you'd expect from those three games, yeah. the Legends and the and Tron together, like really quirky. it's fun. The characters just bounce off the screen. I love the interactions between Tron and Servbots. Change just, this really fun world. It's
1: so colorful. You know, I always think of it as one of the last, quote, blue skies games. You guys hear this expression thrown around for nostalgic retro gamer types. You know, games used to be all, of, like all the big games used to have these pretty colorful backdrops and right. blue skies that you're running through and happy music. Uh, Mega Man Legends, in general, is is all about that sort of super happy I mean, and super happy is the wrong word because there's, there's grim, scary stuff that happens. But, uh, like, the overall world has this very vibrant vibrance.
2: I would say Mario Sunshine did that. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: I mean, Nintendo in general kind of... Yeah, I guess that's true. Nintendo never has stopped. Yeah, 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 They're yeah. almost like the last bastion of the, Yeah, they never really stopped. But, but uh, uh, Tron Bon was sort of uh, one of the Hail Marys of that era.
0: Well, well yeah, I think like you said, it's the, the tail end of the PS one era, so once you jump to the PS two era, that's when things start looking slightly mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you try to the closer gritty. you get to approximating reality the more yeah brown and yeah. green
2: everything <laughs> is gonna the the be the more depressing yeah. it gets. How about that? <laughs> um but yeah, so I guess if you didn't know like the game is broken up into these like three different gameplay styles of like action run and gun. Mm-hmm. Uh First person hoverbot dungeon crawl, <laughs> uh, sort of RPG where you talk to people mm-hmm. and uh, get keys and move around, and then yeah. the puzzle aspect, which is like a grid-based move, move boxes around. Mm-hmm. Which I know Greg is currently addicted to. Um,
1: yeah, it's the, that was the the main thing that I avoided in this game when I fifteen plus years ago when I got it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but now it's my favorite part. I guess because, like, the action and stuff like that at the time was, like, it seemed like the most fun, but now that's the part that's aged the most. That's true, yeah. Because we continue to make shooting games for the next 15 years. Yeah, puzzles <laughs> have
0: a have a quality to them that they last a long time. Yeah, right? yeah, They age really well. It's I mean, there's like a universality
2: yeah. from things yeah. like Tetris all the way to, you know, te- you can give someone, you know, you could give a nine-year-old a Game Boy in Tetris, and despite the fact that they'll be like, this is garbage... Uh, why is there only one color and I can't see and it hurts my <laughs> right, eyes right, right. and this thing is heavy and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, the game itself is still, like, every bit as relevant as it was in
1: 1989. Yeah. So, Yeah. Puzzle huh? um, games. it's so my iPad. Was, Wham. I, I was very <laughs> lucky because, uh, you know, my, my friends actually bought me uh, this game when it first came out. This was a birthday present. And... Uh, you know, I had no idea of how rare it would become at the time. I was just, I ha- it happened to be around a time that I was really into Mega Man Legends One, mm-hmm. and I, I had showed my friends a couple times, and we were all kind of taken with the serve bots, just as a as an idea. It's like these, they kind of look like Lego men, but they're adorable, <laughs> uh, and like Tron Bon treats them really poorly. <laughs> yeah. I think was part of it, and the fact that you could like kick them around, mm-hmm. but they just kept trooping. Uh, it was very charming, you know, and so they picked this game up for me. And uh, I held on to it just because I, I don't really uh, get rid of games, uh, which is a real problem I have. <laughs> um, yeah, it took me years. So, uh. But not only am I now sitting on like a, a small... like What's the word? Armada? Arm- no, no, no. Like A small fortune oh. <laughs> in terms of uh, its monetary value. But uh, I suspect... And I don't know if I get in trouble for saying this, but I have a suspicion that my owning a copy of this game was the like cherry on top thing that convinced Capcom to hire me. <laughs> 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 because uh, people who who are who know who I am uh, know that I was originally working on a Mega Man Legends project, and at the time, this was a this was a position they made for this project. Uh, that had never existed before. It was half community manager type guy and half translator type guy, and uh, they had actually used the Capcom Unity blog to advertise this position. So this was probably one of the most broadly advertised positions we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had never, I had no knowledge of any of this. I had just moved back in, uh, to America. I didn't know what Capcom Unity was. Uh, I had a tip off from a friend that Capcom was hiring a translator. Uh, So I just randomly sent my resume. Did not get that job. But they kept my uh, resume on file, and then when this Legends project job came up, they uh, emailed me again. like, hey, are you still looking for work? We have a translator job. And that was all they told me, translator job. So I'm like, God, yes. (laughs) And I come (laughs) into the office and... uh, It was like this gauntlet interview with a bunch of people. But the first guy was like, so do you know what this position is? I was like, they told me translator position. And he goes, oh, well, let me ask you something. Uh, Do you know anything about Mega Man Legends? And in 2010, uh, that's not a given that someone's going to even have heard of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But it happened to be like one of my most beloved games of its era – and uh, I was like, "Well, yeah, actually, I I loved it when I was when I was a a young man, and <laughs> I actually still have my own copy of Miss Adventures of Tron Bond*, which I said knowing that it had become this rare thing. And the guy, and the guy was visibly impressed by that. He was like, "Oh, well, you're one of a very small number." <laughs> uh, and that, on top of you know speaking Japanese and whatever else they liked about me, I think that might have been the actual tipping point. We're like, "Well." Was oh. it the cool $5 dollar bill you slid across it was the uh, table? I also, <laughs> yes, I did. I brought him a Jamba Juice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, that sounds so good right now. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: But, uh, so thank you, Misadventures of Tron Bond. So you owe your
2: job to Tron. In well,
1: I, I like to think that... Not your own accolades, by the yeah. way. Not what you did. I like to think <laughs> it was dumb luck combined with <laughs> my owning a game. Yeah. Um, I meant her as a character. Yeah. As oh, a she's a... By the way, speaking of Tron Bond. Is it clear to you guys that her name is supposed to be trombone?
2: Yes because Not to me, you
1: know the double N.
2: well, the music you know. thing that's so recurring with Mega Man, I just assumed because yeah. forever I called her trombone trombone yeah, and then when i I think as years went on, I met more and more people who said trombone because mm-hmm. of the double N, yeah, which in English might <laughs> pronounce the vowel the other way right Well,
0: kind of like French too Bon is, it would be like that. I don't speak French, Yuri. Uh, but I'm, I'm not in this. Country. Yuri speaks French, guys. I, I don't. That'll be another episode. Non.
1: <laughs> episode 30 will be in French. Non. And it'll just be Yuri. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's kind of funny cuz like they didn't really like you don't really see the music motif as much in the Legends games. Sure. And it's like there's trombone. It's like oh, like trombone. But then teasel bone <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, that, everything that, else that,
2: seems German, right? Like the Geiselshof. All the
1: all the ships and stuff are German. They all have crazy names. Lots of Germans <laughs> uh,
2: there 's some of those robots in the action portions of Tron,
1: yeah, actually, uh, I wanted to talk a little more about like the actual game itself because uh, playing it again fifteen years later as I, as I'm, I am now uh, i 'm playing on the vita i 'm like struck by a bunch of things that i uh, you know, wouldn 't have noticed at when the game was new. Uh, one being that it's kind of perfect for a portable system. Mm. Yeah. And uh, by extension, that I kind of realized that uh, in some ways it feels like a precursor to Monster Hunter and that whole yeah, you say that structure yeah. of games. You have this central hub, you right? you write a blog you, about this? I, I, I haven't, but I, w- I would like to. <laughs> if you're listening to this before he's read a yes. blog, okay. <laughs> this is where it started.
0: <laughs> you so should link to this in a blog to throw people off. Yeah. If oh I man. could just interrupt one more time
2: before you start That's you. fine. Sorry. Yeah. That's
1: all. How about two more?
2: Um, I'll, I'll save them for tactical... Go grab ir- a Jamba
1: Juice and Tactical irritation in the middle of your story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got your central hub, which is the shaft mm-hmm. uh, which is like this big ship. Uh, and then within the the ship, you, you have different rooms that you can go to and do little different activities. And there's this whole Servbot management game, which is this sort of a uh, wraparound uh, metagame that, I mean, not only is it really addictive, like um, sort of uh, unlocking these different servbots abilities and leveling them up and stuff, but it actually has like a tangible impact on the rest of the game, which I'll get to. But basically you have the central hub and you've got the servbot army, which are very much like felines. They're right. your AI-controlled partners that you level up and give stuff to and they get better and they say cute things. Uh, like the Meowster bit my rump? The,
0: <laughs> <ew>. <laughs> I just it's like, a line from 4 Ultimate. Well, oh, they're not that cute. <laughs>
1: they're not insufferably cute. Uh,
2: and my, Over and over, the line is just anytime something happens, one of the Servbots interrupting me, Mistron! He's <laughs> like, What my do you want? Thing is
1: every time you shoot one of those beacon bombs, they're immediately yeah. just like, Yeah. <laughs> They try so hard. Uh, but they're not very good at it. No, that's the other thing. I love how <laughs> inept they can be, but then some of them kick ass, and you can actually, like, you level them up, and they actually kick ass. Like, the brain's stat is very interesting to me. Like, you you don't really know what that does at first, but um, there are actually a bunch of different applications. Like, that, that's a cool thing. Like, there's a lot of nuance buried in this game. <laughs> it's like the more times you
2: take. T- because you can choose which bots you take with you, mm-hmm. and it's like the only way the brains goes up is if they're in the field, right? Like yeah, they you have to take them on missions.
1: Brains, yeah, it's like uh, field experience. Yeah, mm. uh, And then they've also got, uh, I guess it's strength and speed and then sloth. <laughs> and obviously you don't want the sloth to go up, you want it to go down. I think that's just if you don't use them mm-hmm. uh, over a period, they'll... Their sloth will go up, and if it goes up past a certain point, you have to bring them to the torture room. Oh my god! Torture them until they agree to stop being lazy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, wow. It's a little sadistic.
2: Yeah. Is that how you unlock the torture room?
1: uh, I think it just happens over time. So that's another thing: is over time, uh, your your central hub will actually expand, and you get access to new rooms. I see. Uh, which uh, is also kind of like a mon- it's kind of like the farm I guess in monster hunter which
0: yeah well in, in in four ultimate in particular we have the uh, chico sands which is mm-hmm. the uh, the island where the the little felines are there uh, well actually the sun snug isle which is off of Chico sands mm-hmm. so you have this whole little island set where uh, all your feline all palicos are there and you know as you do different quests it expands and you know, you get like the fishing mini game, mm. and then you get the the little quest system where you send them out. Then you torture uh, them until they agree. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just you know, as as you were talking about uh, Tron Bon and and the servebot mini game, I realized like yeah, there's there's a lot more similarities there because um, just yesterday I was going through my list of uh, of palicos and I realized that you know you can actually uh, each of them have like unique sets of abilities that um, that. You know, they, it's not like they gain new abilities, but you should be, you know, mindful of those abilities when you hire them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm thinking I'm gonna fire a bunch of them. There's <laughs> no way to torture them to get, yeah. into getting better. So,
1: back to the wild. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fire the serve bots. you with. You can just stop using them. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then the sloth goes up. So in the torture pop begins. quiz, hotshot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something that came up in, in recent uh, pop media. That was very akin to the serve bots. Uh Now it seems like it was very deliberately inspired by them. Mm-hmm. But the the minions, yeah, like, yeah. You know, Despicable Me, and also the idea that they're that guy is the villain, and Tron Bon is sort of the villain too. Mm-hmm. Well, but then anyway. they have this
2: yeah. like sweeter inner core that they're not like ruthless
0: villains. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, you know, a- everything you said about the Servbots, they're insufferably
1: cute, and mm-hmm. then they're sometimes useless, and sometimes <laughs> they're awesome and kick-ass. Like, that's the, yeah. that's the minions. Like. Even the name Minion. Uh, so, like, uh, Servbots are called Kobung in uh, Japanese, which actually just basically means minion or, like, mm-hmm. wacky. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, you take these Servbots on uh, different missions, and uh, it's great how much variety there is. That's something that the – I mean – not that there isn't variety in the core Legends games, but it, this is, like, straight up, like... Uh, it almost feels like a Mario Party kind of thing where you've got a bunch of mini-games, except each one of them is pretty substantial.
2: Yeah, so, like, yeah, initially it was when I first heard, like, oh, it's a Tron game of a bunch of mini-games. And yeah. I was like, eh, <laughs> well,
1: yeah, <but laughs> I don't no, want, I don't want... I want a real game. It's almost like you just have five separate campaigns going on concurrently. You yeah,
2: know? and... I think, yeah, minigame is, is a... I don't think it does it justice. No, it doesn't do it justice at all, because it's like, there. yeah, there's just different styles of gameplay that all kind yeah. of push one narrative forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it sets up a basic premise of you need to, like, the guy is kidnapped because of a debt, and you owe, what is it, millions, any, or some ridiculous uh, amount of money? Uh, to the beginning, yeah. And that sets up why she's trying to amass all this money. Mm-hmm. Um, but each of them have their own little sub-story, like the action one. I've only played a few of them, but that one cop girl is kind yeah. of menacing you and then the RPG thing is after these crystals yeah and, and that Arp,
1: the RPG mode is almost completely voiced yeah I'm, really, I'm still impressed by that
2: it's a lot of voice uh, but yeah, like you said it's still it's a late PS1 so it is like using the tech well um, the music really struck me it sounds a lot I, I don't know if the composer is the same but there's certain music in it that reminds me of X4 mm-hmm. uh, it just sounds like might be the same or pulling from the same like I don't know if sound fonts is the same thing. It might be for PlayStation, but playing from a lot of the same pool yeah, uh, for yeah. instru- instrumentation. Uh, but it was cool. And I'm playing it on Vita, and again, not to belabor the point, but for 5.99, and you're listening to this podcast and don't have it, I think you probably <laughs> should buy it because um, it's yeah. really cool that this exists. And uh, I was one of the people who was like, eh, I don't need to play that. And it's just so cute and different and and. Fra- and fresh air like it just it's just a nice like i go home and i play bloodborne having a great time playing a lot of modern games having a great time but it's it's really nice to find one of these older things that you missed and to find like oh right like this is how things used to be not that it's better or worse just like it reminds me of 15 years ago and like the best parts of 15 years ago and i used to be only nostalgic for like 8 and 16 bit stuff because that's what i grew up with by the time this came out, I was already 20 years old and in college. So, Damn like, wow. the idea of nostalgia for this is, it's a different kind of nostalgia. It's still an adult, but, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. So, it was fun for to this to go back to and actually see, like, a quirky thing I totally missed. Because even when I go back and, like, I never really played X5, for example. Mm. When I go back, it's I still would know what I'm in for. Like, right. Like, oh, right. it's a Mega Man game. I want to yeah. fight some Mavericks and go back, get this armor piece and a heart container and all that. I know what I'm in for, but Tron has had no basis of comparison. Yeah. I
1: mean, there's really no game like this. I mean, except Monster Hunter, <laughs> but the Monster, you know, the moment by moment isn't like Monster Hunter so much. It's yeah. just the structure. Yeah, it's and a big time.
0: There's some options there.
1: The L2 R2 gets some people. It's it's set by default to the back panels. Okay. The back panel, but you can uh, remap that to the the corners of the front of the screen. Um, so I did that, I but prefer- the problem I had
2: with that is trying to hit the front and the aim like triangle is shoot the beacon bomb. Yeah. So like hitting them both with your right hand. You have
1: yeah. to. Well, I think uh, it's it's uh, square. At least in puzzle mode, it's square. But uh, there is a technique to it. It's almost like the Monster Hunter claw I was all over say, again. It seems kind of claw-ish.
0: Well, no, because the the right stick. There's a couple of options for that, I know. Um, because well, thinking like a right, but it's like PS in most games, you're not game. moving
2: the right stick and you're hitting the face buttons, and this uh, is a right, thing where right. you te- you need to be. On a controller, you just hold R2 and push a button. It's really easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay. yeah, it's, it's got kind it, of – it. it. it's the off for being able to play this anywhere. And the other <laughs> great thing about the Vita is, like, yeah, I save a lot just to, you know, don't want to lose any progress for random technical hiccups. But it's more just, like, I love the suspend button of just being like, yeah. I'm done. Oh, oh flip, yeah, like, standby. Standby, yeah. and then That's I'll put great. come back. It's basically like flipping open the you know 3DS case and like flipping open the lid and being like, all right, where was I? Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's really quite good for Vita and searchable through the Vita store. You can buy it directly there,
1: download it directly to your Vita. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pick up the game. Stuff. Yeah. This is a uh, you know it's it's a big deal for us you know especially on the community team because we know it's something people have asked for for a long time and it's you know just knowing how rare the game is and how good it is and how co- coveted it is. It's yep. great. To You're get able it to access
2: the thing that. Collectors chased, and to own it was a three-digit investment.
1: Yeah,
0: um,
1: and now and
0: they just play. wanted to own a sealed box. They didn't even want to play it. Yeah. You can actually play that. That to me is a
1: crime, <laughs> man. And this is you know something that as the community team, because I will say this, you know, these digital re-releases are not particularly cash cows. You know, I, I think that goes without saying. But you know, for our younger listeners, like. This is not how publishers are making uh, a ton of money. You know, it's mostly it's done as a little gesture slash uh, sort of way to preserve uh, their their legacy and you know their old titles, uh, which in this game's case desperately needed doing. Um, but you know, there there are a variety of things that can get in the way of these re-releases happening. It's not as simple as just flicking a switch. There's elaborate process involved. Uh, Brett, I know you've been a little involved as the community manager in in those discussions. You want to talk about that a little?
2: Yeah, so it's it's a little like it's different processes for Nintendo and Sony. It's just slightly different cuz it's a different companies, so they go about it differently, but so in this case like we I talk regularly with like a counterpart in Japan who manages a similar list of games to come to the ver- PSN uh for Japan. And Tron and Mega Man 8 actually came out, I think, last December. Um, And then, so on our our end, it's like we need to kind of have a similar conversation with Sony America because a lot of these are derived from games that released in that territory. So that's why the, the, the PSN or the Virtual Console in Japan and Europe and America, North America, aren't identical, like game by game, because it's like. You know, if a game didn't release here, it's not like they can just send the the data over like right. here. Push that out. It's like that's not how it works. Um, it needs to be a game that was published by Sony, you know, SCEA at some point. Um, Tron obviously was, so there was no issue there. But you got to like check for legal stuff. You got to make sure that there's no you know contracts that have elapsed, rights that have elapsed. Mm-hmm. You know, any number of things so that takes time. Uh, you got to coordinate with Sony so that they can have people, uh, you know, prep all the stuff on their end, prep the game for them. Then we got to talk to them as well about like, well, here's some assets for the store, like an image to, to buy the game, some screenshots if we have them. Like it's all stuff that's like, it's a lot of procedure, but then at the end of the day, there is still like testing the core game, Mm -hmm. making sure it works, making sure it's compatible. You know, there's some games that haven't been released, not just Capcom games, but all kinds of PS1 titles or, or even older NES, SNES stuff where the compatibility is just for whatever reason, doesn't work and it would require new dev to work, and that's not really the scope of PSN classics. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a lot of it on my end, then personally, just becomes like grease in the wheels to like, you know, make sure these, make sure document X is signed, make sure a meeting is held, make sure we, you know, we just keep it on people's radar, and then we move, we find a release date that works, and then we get it out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, It's this thing where, like, it's nobody's one job. Can you please just push out virtual console? (laughs) So it it becomes, like, it's it's one of everyone's... I mean, anyone who works in an office, you know the title you have is, like, kind of a joke. And then you actually do 13 other things Mm -hmm. that you could... You'd be like, yeah, if you wanted to put everything I did in my title, it'd be a paragraph. (laughs) So, like, that's how, like, everything else, you know, getting a lot of this stuff out is, like, it's one of many things. So that's why, even though at the end of the day, the amount of work, like, the number of documents to sign and meetings to have and procedures to follow to get the game out is nowhere near what it takes to, like, create a new game or do something else like that. But it's, like, it still has to be slotted in that time. So that's why something that seems like well if it came out in japan in december and then it took till may it's like well that's just how this time it shook out there's also been other times i think we got x4 and 5 before japan because that happened at this just perfect window where like we started the conversation everything lined up great sony was like like there was just this great window where like we had the time they had the time um everything went smoothly no no issues with the rights or you know the the game existing on a a new platform
0: yeah and
1: some sometimes it's a complete surprise yeah. too. like they'll yeah. just be like by the way god hand comes out tomorrow there's also like, those what?
2: Yeah. where uh, i think that was before i really got involved too so yeah um, hopefully th- if it happened again i would be able to tell you guys yeah <laughs> but uh, no it's 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 something i really put a lot of effort into and try to make sure that the virtual console stuff keeps moving and the psn classics keep moving uh, cuz those are games that we all Frankly, I think the community team is kind of built on the back of those games. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, even though the, to some extent, the, the blog is here and we are here to make you aware of the new stuff, uh, we would be remiss in our duties not to uh,
1: keep celebrating the old stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of this. Is remiss it. in our duties? That a R- correct remiss usage? Remiss in? I don't know. I learned that word from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that might be a wrong. Might be a made up word. <laughs> uh, that's the community question. Have you used used the word remiss in a sentence? Have you used the word Greg
0: or Brett made up in a sentence? (laughs) It's a perfectly cromulent word. Getting on
1: to our actual community. Oh, my God. Come on, Yuri. (laughs) Getting on to our actual community question. Last week, we asked you for your thoughts on difficulty, hardest Capcom moments, uh, et cetera. Had some lovely answers. Some people even mentioned... uh, Mega Man Zero, the Neo Arcadia in particular, being one of the most brutal things ever to happen yeah. in gaming. Uh, DOSX also says, I think having varying difficulty levels for modern games is a great thing. Uh, he uses Devil May Cry 3 as an example. He says, "If if the original crushing difficulty were the only one that would turn off a lot of casual gamers. Uh, or filthy casuals, as they're known. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people you need to, uh, you got to sell to. Yes. The the notion that being casual and enjoying entertainment is somehow, like, a Negative. bad thing is yeah. Yeah. over my head.
2: It's like, I want to guess there are some things that you enjoy and you are not an expert on. I don't know how to engineer a water slide. Like, but, man, am I going to ride a water slide. But, uh Sorry, no reaction. I'll just <laughs> remove
0: the water slide analogy from the show. <laughs> Sorry. <I> was... <laughs> um, we don't have water slides in Brazil. Oh, <laughs> well, then I know my new business venture because you guys are going to love it. <laughs> well,
1: you've we got to learn how to build them. Uh, well, I will learn. I will learn. Poor DOSX is listening right now. He's like, I said more than that. Uh, he talks about how some games were designed to be brutally difficult, like Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, Final H- Final Fight. Most, be- most arcade games in general, come to think of it. Uh, but uh, in today's generation, it's better to have options. It doesn't hurt anyone. And, uh, you know the option for an easier game. And I find this, too, like, I don't know if it's because I'm older and just have more responsibilities, or if I'm older and have more disposable income, so I have more games that I'm playing at any one time. But... Uh, you see the gestures he's <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a swivel chair that keeps auto-swiveling one way, and I'm trying <laughs> That's to... a big gesture. <laughs> yeah, but I was trying not to think about it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, are you still doing it? It's really... <laughs> Trying to get it down to a <laughs> science. You know what else you can use science for? Uh, the gaming? Building water slides. <laughs> ah, I don't know nothing about that, Yuri. <laughs> uh, but yeah, playing games on easy or casual mode uh, is often, I mean, oftentimes it's just like more what I'm looking for in a certain game, especially mm. like sandboxy games. Like I don't need a super hard challenge when I'm just trying to like goof off in a sandbox. you know? Yeah. Another thing uh, that uh, was mind blowing to me is playing Alien Isolation. Uh, I was playing on the normal difficulty, and then and having really awful time. Uh, not not to the game's fault; it was just like me not wanting to deal with it, you know. And then I put it on easy, and all of a sudden the balance felt like absolutely perfect to me. Like the mm-hmm. alien was showing up just enough to keep you on, uh, you know, keep you on your toes all the time. But it wasn't so much that you were like. Why is this guy so interested in me? <laughs> uh it is a good point like it used to be ca-
2: uh, easy mm-hmm. or casual would like remove features of the game or even remove levels mm-hmm. or content and that th- it put this fear in me of like well I can never play easy because I don't know what am I missing. To the point where even to this day I'm like uh, if I put it on an easy like what's the catch? Sometimes yeah, it's yeah. like oh there's no catch. Sometimes it's, it's
1: more what you're looking for I think. Yeah,
2: um, so yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely glad that there's easies now where it's just like no you'll still see the whole game. It's just it's you're just you know, gonna it's retooled. Yeah.
1: Well, and like with horror in particular, uh, getting a little off topic, but uh, I I feel like the problem with horror is when you die. Yeah. And if you die over and over, it completely removes you from the tension. You know, the tension is that you might die. And as soon as you've died and come back and, like, seen, you know, yeah. it's just, it becomes, you, it's the throwing it you in released. your face that yeah. this is a game. And, you're like, there are no consequences in gaming. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: There's that release of that tension. Exactly.
1: Mm. So. Uh, difficulty. Dios. Uh, for this week... We ask you to share your thoughts on Misadventures of Tron Bon. I hope you guys are playing it. Uh, for those who are, let us know what, what do you like about the game? What do you dislike? What are you noticing now that maybe you didn't notice uh, when the game was new? Or uh, if it's your first time playing it, uh, you know, just what strikes you about the game as interesting? Tell us your thoughts. Uh, and one star commenter will receive a little something-something.